This is the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. Well, hey guys, welcome to the Uncommon Christian Podcast. I am Michael Hinton, and this is episode 32. Today we are starting a new two-part series called Feed and Find. I said that backwards. It's called Find and Feed. And I am joined by uh, a guest who's actually already been on the podcast. He was on episode number 12, my good friend, Mr. Jarrah Jackson. Jarrah, say hi to the podcast. What's up, everybody? Glad to be back. Man, we're so glad to have you. Why don't you uh, kick us off by just giving us a uh, update on your life uh, since the last time you've been on the show? Man, um, I feel like not much has changed outside of uh, my life has gotten more busy and yet more fulfilling. Uh, I, I guess I can say that. Um, busy on on one end. Um, I'm, I'm pretty much all in at work right now, uh, all in at home, all in uh, for school. So I'm actually uh, studying right now, too. Um, but, but work life is busy because I'm a teacher. So there you have it. Uh, being a teacher right now, especially, uh, in the midst of a pandemic is, is crazy. Um, uh, but, but there's something always to grade. There's something, you know, new to, to learn and to teach on, uh, life's busy at home. My, my wife started a new job. Uh, my kids are growing and getting crazier and, uh, I'm also working on my master's degree. So, um, so that means any extra free time I have to think over my life, I have to put it towards some sort of assignment or something I'm working towards. So, so, you know, there, there you have that, but I also said fulfilling, right? That's right. So, so there's, so there's another side to the story because, um, I get to do what I love on, Mm. on all fronts, um, which, you know, I'm blessed to say that, and, you know, not a lot of people feel, uh, not a lot of people uh, can, can say that. Um, but I, I do get to do what I love, which is, which is teaching because that's who I am and also leading and helping people grow in their life and in their faith is, is a part of who I am too. Yeah. And so, um, getting to do that and, and getting to do it as an occupation, um, uh, me, means a lot too, man. So, so yeah, man, life's, life's crazy busy, but fulfilling. That's good, man. I love that. Busy but fulfilling. And uh, just to remind you, listeners, uh, Jarrah is a teacher at the Great Covenant Christian High School in the west part of uh, the city of Indianapolis, Indiana. It's a great school. I coach basketball there and uh, love that school and love what Jarrah's doing there. Well, Jarrah, we meet uh, about twice a month, uh, typically on Zoom over the last year and a half or so. Just yeah, kind of walking through. Wow. Yeah, it's been that long, man. Uh, Gerard and I used to work together at a great church at Traders Point Christian Church and uh, had a great friendship, ha- have a great friendship. And uh, I just reached out and said, man, let's let's get together. Let's do a study. Let's just encourage each other. And so we were doing that weekly. Then we started because of our schedules. We do biweekly now. And uh, it's just a great opportunity to encourage each other and to get into God's word. And in our past, this past meeting, we were just kind of talking through catching up and uh, you were sharing your why with me behind teaching and working with students. And you shared something that honestly stopped me dead in my tracks. 
<laughs> you remember my face when I was like, uh, wait, say that again? <laughs> I was like, and I could see it in your face. Like the world had opened up and and Michael had an idea. And I was like, Michael, th- no. <laughs> <laughs> it was so good, man. So have a, sh- wanna, let's let's go there. Can you share with our listeners what you said to me? That day. Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't realize how profound it is. And maybe it's a Michael so thing, profound. you know. <laughs> but, you know, like I said, I love to do what I get to do on a daily basis. And, um, you know, it's it's hard work. It pulls a lot out of you. But there's also nothing like walking in your calling, no matter where you are, no matter what you do, you can walk in your calling. And so about a year ago, um, I was probably about halfway through my first year of teaching. And if, if anybody's listening and you're a teacher and you've experienced the first year of teaching, uh, it is crazy. Like your life is so stressful. Um, but it was during that time I was halfway through it and, and I, and I began to reflect a little bit more. I, I finally had a, like an opportunity to like reflect on, where I was and why I was, you know, at this school and why was I teaching and all of that. And, um, I also reflected on, um, like past life as a missionary and like how that led me to where I am today and all of that. And, um, I, I began to realize that my experiences in this school, uh, were no different anywhere else. And so, so, so yeah, so I kind of coined this phrase, because I kind of asked myself the question, like, why am I here? What am I doing? And um, this phrase just kind of just popped in my head, man. And, and it said, find the loss, feed the found. Mm. And, and then there it is. And then Michael dropped everything and his computer. <laughs> <laughs> it's so good. Like when you said that to me, draw, it, it literally stopped me dead in my tracks. It was almost as if like, you know, it was one of those like, Moses in the burning bush moment. Like it was like, God just said, you need to listen to this right now. Except um, your laptop was on fire. rather. Except than my laptop bush. was on fire. Exactly. <laughs> but just this idea that, you know, that you, this calling on your life to, to find the loss and feed the found. Okay. So today what we want to talk about is finding the loss. That's what we're going to, and then our next episode, which I hope you listeners will tune into next time. We're actually going to talk about feeding the found. But today, when you talk about feeding the lost, what does that what does that really mean? Help us understand that. And the reason I ask that is because a lot of Christians, this can seem so ambiguous, right? It's mm-hmm. a very broad statement, thereby making it hard to go after. So j- help us understand what does it mean to find the loss? Yeah, finding the loss can can sometimes feel like a heavy weight on our shoulders. Uh, it can also it, it can also feel um, like a moving target, you know. Um, I, you know, I, I I feel like you know, w- without some sort of example or some sort of goal in mind, we we are pretty much find ourselves being lost too. So maybe somebody need to find us too. Um, but finding the loss, what what I mean by that is is discovering who it is around my sphere of influence mm. that is looking for something of supreme value. Okay. And I'm going to explain that a little bit more, but for me, that means the students that I interact with 
on a, on a regular basis. But for others, that may be their coworkers, that may be a team that they coach, um, that may be family members. Uh, and even as I reflect back, like on my, my years as a missionary, that's essentially what I was doing on the field as well. And, and even before that in college, um, I had this, this drive in me that had developed, um, in my early years as, as a follower of Christ, um, of desiring to, to get people to see the, the ultimate value of, of God's kingdom. So, yeah, that's, that's kind of, you know, where it started and, and it's still there, man. Yeah. And I, I love the description of looking around your personal sphere of influence. Um, the church that I used to, I previously served at High Desert Church, great church in the, the Victor Valley. Uh, you know, their mission statement talks about this idea that uh, past, or senior pastor Tom Mercer talks about this idea that he believes um, that every Christian, every follower of Christ, that God has, and what in his words, supernaturally and strategically placed around about 18, 8 to 15 people in your sphere of influence that God wants you to love, to invest in, to invite into spiritual conversations or and or spiritual events and to help them find Jesus, right? Yeah. And so that idea of like you, that idea of like you don't have to find the whole world, right? Christians think <laughs> we assume, we assume that, oh my gosh, like I become a Christian. The Bible says I have to go find the lost. That means I have to, yeah. I have to evangelize the whole world. And it's like, no, 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 no. Jesus is saying, you know, focus on your few. Like here at Real Life Church, we talk about our one. Who is that Mm -hmm. one, right? Who's that one that God keeps bringing in your life over and over again? That's who you should be focused on. That's your sphere of influence, Mm -hmm. influence, right? And so for you as a teacher, it's your students. Mm -hmm. I think um, we, we often get... We often get confused with the whole, you know, go therefore and make disciples of all nations. You know, mm. and when we hear that, we we immediately think I need to go to a foreign country where they've never heard the gospel before and act like, you know, Paul, um, you know, the missionary. And we we often forget our neighbor next door. Yep. Um, yep. Or, or we often forget. Um, uh, the people we see and interact with on a daily basis, um, who are, are in this place of, of searching, um, for, for something, um, supremely valuable, um, purposeful, uh, meaningful, uh, to their lives. Man, that's, that's so good. And I, I think if we, if, believers could, and this includes myself too, because I sometimes as a pastor, I feel this pressure that I've got to, I've got to tell my whole city about Jesus. And, you know, that I think that's where the pressure to, to have the biggest congregation and the biggest number and all these people comes from, because I think we all have that in a sense, misconception about, you know, go and, 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 tell the gospel to all nations. It's like, no, what that all nation is like, who's the people around you? Who are the people that you're having an effect on? So when I look at my, my cul-de-sac that I live in and the two neighbors that stand out to me, you know, Mario and Bob, 
right? Those those are my spheres influence right now. Those are the people that I have direct influence over that I can spend time and not use them. Aaron Kellum talks about this in our in our series Uncommon about uh, kindness, and he talks about how we have to stop looking at people like projects you know, like mm. believers, right? He says, we have to Man. stop looking at people like projects. So I don't look at my neighbors like, oh, that's somebody I've got to save, <laughs> right? I look at yeah. them as that's somebody I love. And because I love them, I have a truth that I know could change their life. And so I have to do whatever I have to do in lovingly w- fashion to encourage and help them find Jesus, right? They're not projects to me, they're people. And because of that, that's why I want to help them find Jesus. Yeah, that's big facts, man. That's good. Now, what's interesting is a lot of people probably will see that word lost. And and, and this is becoming a, 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 a faux pas word in the Christian world, especially among uh, Christians who are maybe a little bit more progressive in their faith. Uh, but they look at that word lost and it seems bad. Um mm. And so let me ask you, what do we describe people as if we don't use the word loss or why do we use the word loss and who is the loss? Yeah. Yeah. You know, um, that, you know, that word, um, it, it seems as though it's, it's used as a judgmental word now rather, rather than a word of compassion, Mm. right? So there's this parable uh, that Jesus tells his disciples uh, about what the kingdom of God is like. I love Jesus' parables. Uh, Me and my students have just finished walking through kind of eight essential parables about the kingdom of God. And uh, they've done uh, a a large amount of work and research on on these. Uh, One of the ones in Matthew 13, 44, uh, it talks about the kingdom of God being a treasure that that's hidden in a field and, and, you know, a man, the way the story goes, a man finds it, he covers it back up. And in his joy, he goes and sells everything that he has so that he can buy this field. Now, my interpretation of this passage is that if, if this man found it, he was looking for it. Mm. You don't stumble upon a buried treasure. Gosh, that's so good. That's so good. So, and you can look at this from 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 multiple angles because it's a parable. Jesus sometimes drops stuff that simple and it's straightforward. And it's like, there you go. Other times you can like, man, I, you can take a, a bunch of different um, angles on this. Now, this treasure is the kingdom of God. What I would argue is that people deeply desire purpose and fulfillment in their lives. And what I would say is that it's only truly, those things are only truly discovered in the kingdom of God. When we ask these deep uh, questions about like, who am I? Why do I exist? Who am I responsible to? The kingdom of God has answers to the life's biggest questions, those questions and others. And more than that, the joy in that parable in verse 44 is the kingdom of God too. And so, so I would say that, that everyone's looking for the kingdom of God. Some just don't know it. Mm. And so the question is, you know, um, what is it worth to them? I think that that parable hints at 
um, even more, but you know, we can maybe save that for another podcast. <laughs> that's, a, that's good. We could get in, we could get deeper than that. Cause I love the idea that if we went with the mentality that everybody's looking and you're right, everybody's looking for something of supreme value, hmm. whether we know it's God or not, everybody's looking for something of supreme value. And so our job as believer is to help believers is to help point them in the right direction. Hey, you've been looking for this your whole life. Now, you you thought you found it in this relationship, you thought you found it in this, you know, collection of materials, you thought you found this in money, you thought that you found this in power, and it left you longing for more. Well, look, I can point you to the one who will quench your thirst, who will and your longing, right? That's the supreme value you've been after. That's what it means to find the loss. Somebody, yeah. we're like, and I love how you said we're all lost in a sense because we we're all looking for something of supreme value. And that word loss, then, as if if we come with it from that definition, it you're right. It changes it from a a bad connotation to a word of compassion. Yeah. And, it, you know, it can be it, it can it's a bad word because we use it incorrectly. Mm, mm. Right. You know, the father, the the follower rather of Jesus is not the savior. OK, mm. you and I are not the savior. Jesus Absolutely. Is, Absolutely. Right. And so often we we look at the quote unquote lost people of the world uh, as another kingdom to conquer or or a war to win. So the way we use it, the way we see that word and the concept of finding the lost is is a bit skewed. Jesus has already won. Jesus is on the throne. We are called more than conquerors, but not because we, you know, we did some sort of uh, grand event. The grand event was the cross and we surround ourselves around that. Right. Right. Um, Now, how we ought to look at these what would what we would say, you know, the lost um, is through a lens of compassion. You know, I, mm. I think I mentioned that a little bit earlier. Uh, the whole lens of compassion kind of says, hey, I know what it feels like to blank. Mm. You know, I know what it feels like to be in that position. I remember I was like that. And Paul actually reminds the Corinthians of that. Remember, you were right. once this way, right? Right. <laughs> you know, right. So it, it helps us to kind of shift our lens and, um, and, and there are some people out there who genuinely feel lost. They don't know how else to describe their their life, their situation, right. and they will use that word. Right. I, I feel lost. Um, and then there are others who would not describe it that way. Um, and, and yet they are still lost too. They just, once again, they don't realize it, but both need to experience the the blessed reality of who Jesus is. Absolutely. Uh, I love I love that idea that, you know, we're not the saviors, you know, Jesus is. I once heard it said this way that uh, we're not the savior, Jesus is. We're just the we're just the guide with the flashlight. There you go. That's what we are. We're the guy we know the pathway to Jesus, right? Mm. And we use God's word as the flashlight to guide people to Jesus. Um, and I just love that. I love that. Okay. To, to bring us to a close on this first part of finding the loss, can you maybe give us just two or three ways that we as believers can really go after with compassion, those who are lost or feel lost? 
Michael, you always limit me. I don't like limits. <laughs> <laughs> Two or three? Two um, or three. Man, I'm going to give you two. Okay. There's there's more. But I think the majority of people listening right now probably need these two. The first one is to be available. Mm. Be available. Go out of your way to talk to somebody. Or at least, at the very least, go out of your way to be around them. So, so being available means that you have an open disposition towards others in your sphere of influence. Yeah. That, that open disposition also reveals itself as not being uh, in, a, in a condescending state, not being in the savior mentality state, uh, but being in the very present just state, you know. So I would say be, just show yourself as being available. Um, and you'd be surprised how many people open up to you or, or share, you know, uh, life stories or experiences with you just because you're there, you're present. Um, the, the second one I would say is be prepared. Be prepared because if someone begins to open up or share their thoughts or even ask questions uh, about what you have or what you possess, or just ask questions about God, spirituality, anything in general, the, the important part for you is to actually be prepared. Now, I don't mean like start, you know, go to your, go back to your Christian, you know, um, history book and go to your Christian missions book and make sure you know all of the other world religions and, and make sure you got your apologetics right. No, no, that's, that's not what I'm talking about. What I'm actually talking about is maybe you should engage in some of the spiritual disciplines mm -hmm. like prayer, meditation, study, fasting. I've often found that when I'm engaged more deeply in the spiritual disciplines, I, my, my flesh is the sound and the tone of my flesh and my mind and all of my thoughts are toned or tuned down and God's voice is turned up. That's so good. Yeah. So that's what I think it looks like to be prepared is that you don't have to have, I mean, Jesus said, don't worry about what you need to say. Like the, the spirit of God is going, he's with you. He's, he's going right. to tell you what you need to say. He told that to the first disciples. And I believe that is true for us today. Right. But how can we hear what God uh, has to say to us and even through us? Right. Um, if, if life is so loud for us. And so, yeah, so be prepared, be available, be prepared. I love that. And, and not only do you, not only do you see that in the new Testament, I, I want to go back to my, my burning bush, you know, joke earlier, <laughs> but you see this with Moses, right? Moses was mm -hmm. around the bush mm -hmm. and the bush or the Holy spirit silences all the outside noises, Right. And he becomes very quickly attuned to the fact that he is in the presence of God. Absolutely. And then what does he do? He hears and listens to the voice of God, tell him, this is what you are going to do, right? Mm. And he prepares his heart for that. And then he goes and does what God tells him to do. And so what if we did the same? What if we said, okay, I'm going to make myself available. Lord, whatever it is, I'm making myself available right now. 
right? I'm going to be around. I'm going to put myself out there. I'm just going to be available. And in the meantime, I'm just going to prepare myself. I'm going to spend more time, you know, in prayer and conversation with you. I'm going to spend more time in your word, more time with solitude and silence, as my friend mm-hmm. uh, Dave Wilson says, you know, to, to really hear so that I know exactly how I can reach the loss that are in my sphere of influence. Mm, that's good, man. Yeah, that's so good. Man, Gerard, thanks for joining. So glad to have you. We'll see you on next week's episode, uh, episode 33, where we talk about how, when we go from finding the loss to now how do we feed the found, and that'll be oh, on yeah. next week's episode. It's going to be real good. Yeah, we're not done yet. We just get we started. Not, <laughs> we just get started. That's so good. All right, well, I want to thank you for listening today. If this was helpful for you, would you do me a favor, a big favor, and share this with others? Also, I'd love it if you would provide a positive rate and review uh, on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to because it'll help this show reach more people and that's what it's all about. Not about fame or popularity. This podcast is all about encouraging and inspiring every Christian to love Jesus and to live out their purpose in uncommon ways. Thanks for joining and we'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the Uncommon Christian Podcast with Michael Hinton. For more information on today's topic, visit UncommonChristianPodcast.com.